1: Patriots fans, we join you here on another Victory Monday, second in a row, and it's definitely an era of good feelings here in New England. New England Patriots fans are enjoying this one. It's a new month, and the Patriots are now back to 500 with a 27-24 victory over the Los Angeles Chargers at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. And here to break it all down for us today that's right, folks. It is hashtag Locked on Murph Monday. That means it's time for some green wisdom and some green counsel. He is here. He is ready to roll. Your favorite and mine, my benefactor in this business, the only guest on this pod with his very own branded hashtag, the Count of Murphy Fisto himself, the legendary Thomas Murphy, is back for his weekly appearance here on Lockdown Patriots. Thank you
0: for coming to me in friendship. Thank you for joining me today, Don Murph. Oh, always my pleasure, Michael, especially on back-to-back Victory Mondays. We can't beat it, man. I, I The shade of green that I'm in right now is just, is just lustrous. It, <laughs> it, it's, like a, it's like a candied apple, man. It's freaking amazing. It is. It's
1: thick. It's lustrous. We love it. And you've got to have <laughs> fun when you do this. It really is. Um, two in a row now, Murph. We're making this a habit. All of a sudden, yeah. the Patriots are starting to give life back to those Uh, interpretations earlier on in this season that said that the New England Patriots were on the cusp of maybe being able to contend for a playoff spot and right now at four and four heading into this uh, with the AFC really lacking some real dominant teams and of course the unfortunate news coming out of Tennessee today if it ends up holding that uh, Derek Hendry may be out for the year all of a sudden that puts the Titans in a precarious situation Patriots may be right for the Pickens now to kind of slide into this playoff race once again and really make this into something uh, that Patriots fans will really enjoy for the next couple of months. But bottom line, um, we'll start off with the good things that we saw yesterday. And obviously, uh, with the 27-24 to 24 victory, the New England Patriots are pretty proud of themselves. But on offense, uh, there were still some... Issues And we'll get into play calling in a minute, folks, because I want to, uh, uh, you know, spend a little bit of time talking about that and get Merce wisdom and counsel. But Mac Jones, I think, had a pretty good game yesterday. Not a great game. Maybe pedestrian, I think, would be the best way to put it. Uh, passing for over 200 yards, neither had a pick nor a, uh, um, a touchdown. Uh, Damian Harris, I thought ran the ball effectively yesterday. He had a couple of uh, you know bad runs called back for penalties. That unfortunately oh. seems to be a uh, you know an ugliness there. Uh, and the Patriots are starting, I think, to utilize their two tight ends the way that everybody had envisioned them to use. Bottom line, you put twenty-seven points up on a team that does have a pretty formidable secondary uh you can consider that a pretty good game murph when you look at the new england patriots performance on sunday what was your biggest takeaway offensively uh from what the patriots did yesterday in terms of what they did well
0: um how well the line pre- performed once again i thought it was i thought they did a great job you you'll see folks when you go and look at the stat sheet that um they averaged under 4 yards a carry uh, a lot of that is due to, you know, kneel downs at the end of the game and things like that. They were over four yards of carry for most of this game and they should have been well over it without a couple of, of really terrible fricking holding calls that didn't need to happen. Um, the penalties themselves, not the calls. I'm not, I'm not arguing about that at all, but no, the, the running game yesterday was on point. It was, um, not the emphasis that, you know, as Mike said, we'll get into that. Um, and uh, also the fact that the the way that Mac continues to spread the ball around, I thought that was fantastic yesterday. We are not um, focusing in on on any one player. Um, Angolor had six targets, Bourne had seven, Myers had nine. Um, and then Harry and um, Smith had, a, how do you think, a, a pair apiece. And uh, it, it, it is, he's spreading the ball around. He's not. Um, there, there. There is no real wooby here. Even though Myers did have nine targets, and I did get on him a little bit uh, down there in the end zone, as to you know, let, let's stop trying to get Jacoby Myers his first touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think just uh, let anytime, it happen people. Just let it yeah, happen. Yeah,
1: any any time you're throwing a fade to the back of the end zone on mm-hmm. a 4th and 1. That's a low percentage play to begin with. Uh, really not to is. mention that a you player better have that Rob
0: Ron- Gronkowski over there or or, absolutely. or, or a, a man named Moss
1: yeah, and this is no
0: disrespect. No, no, no.
1: It really is. It's no disrespect to Jacoby, who I think is capable of making mm-hmm. the play, but you're talking about a player that is pressing a little bit, and I don't care what players say, like, I don't think about that. Right. Yeah, you're thinking about yeah, it. He's thinking you want to get that touchdown. Uh, Mac? I know, wants to get him that touchdown, and obviously you look at what the Patriots did. They were trying to feed him the ball yesterday in certain circumstances, but yep. uh, that's a low percentage play. And, again, we're going to talk about play calling in a minute because I, I put that more on play calling than maybe, on those guys trying to press a little bit, but ultimately, Bud, I agree with you. I think there were some good things that the Patriots did. Um, you know, in terms of uh, you know running the ball, Damian Harris once again. Uh, you know, oh. thinking you touched on this. You know, stability back to that offense didn't fumble the ball. That was huge. Uh, you know, in terms of his growth and his capabilities. Um, you know, all together, the running backs finished thirty-nine carries, one hundred and forty-one yards, uh, three point six yard per carry is not really all that impressive when you look at the grand scheme of things, but it was enough yesterday in order to, uh, to be able to, uh, to be effective against that Chargers run defense, which is still pretty porous. Um, And even with Justin Jones coming back, a lot of people thought that would help shore it up. Drew Tranquil was active uh, for this game. A lot of people thought that his position as a linebacker would, uh, you know, help the uh, the run defense a little bit, but the Patriots did a great job of attacking it and bringing it to where it needed to be. So Yep. Good stuff when it comes to the Patriots' offense. Yesterday, we'll take it. It wasn't necessarily the most pretty of performances, uh, but you know you'll you'll take a win as opposed to a loss every single day. That's Murph, it. before we move on to um, to offense and uh, folks, if you tune into to On Patriots, if you're liking what you hear here with me and Murph, and you want to tune into Locked On Patriots tomorrow, keep a special sharp ear open because we'll be talking a little bit more tight endage tomorrow. you really read between the lines you can probably guess who was going to be joining me on this on the pod but um i did want to touch a little bit about uh the tight ends kind of as a primer uh to what we're going to be doing tomorrow and that is Johnu smith and hunter henry uh splitting the snaps once again hunter took 50 on sunday johnny smith taking 49 but the one thing that i'm noticing and i've noticed that several of my colleagues uh, along the patriots beat have noticed this as well that John, who seems to be settling into his role as the ball carrier, you make something happen with the ball in his hands where Henry is really being used as a traditional route runner. Are you seeing the same things? And is this really what the Patriots envisioned when they brought these two guys to town?
0: Um, I'm not sure if it's what they envisioned when they brought the the uh, these two gentlemen to town. It, it was um, definitely Within the plan, I'm not sure if it was to this point. I, I cut a key a couple of weeks ago about getting John Moore involved in the offense, and I didn't care how it was, and it's now coming to a bit of fruition. Um, the the group combined for uh, four catches and 48 yards on seven targets yesterday. That that was that was very nice. I'm I'm also including uh, Jakob Johnson, who's uh, a fullback in name and. But, you know, we put him in along with a lot of other people in this group. It was uh, it there was a lot left on the table, Um, you know, going back to uh, Max difficulties in in throwing the football. Uh, Henry could have easily had a score yesterday and that did not happen. But no, I like the way that the evolution of this group is happening.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. And again, I agree with you in that. May it it may not be exactly what they envisioned when these two guys came to town and signed on the dotted line. Everyone expected those two tight end sets spread out wide. You got... Uh, a lot of options in the uh, uh, in the end zone especially in the red zone which is where the Patriots right. have struggled but I think they're trying to play to their strengths right now and I think as you see John who get more comfortable in this offense I think he'll be a greater target I agree. even though they're seeing about the same amount of uh, uh, snaps uh, Mac is zeroed in on hunter because I think that ability to run the routes the way hunter can and you even saw that yesterday a little bit uh, these two guys just are always on the same page and John will get there he's definitely a, a, a smart offensive player and can get into uh, the open field and make things happen but Hunter is just simply a uh, more of a natural route runner and I think that's why uh, he's become more of a favorite target of Mac Jones than not so don't want to step on too many toes we're going to talk some tight endage tomorrow you hear that Claire I know you're listening get your uh, notes ready uh, but all uh, kidding aside I think the Patriots offensively uh, with a, a solid performance not their best performance but they were able to come away with a win, and that leads me quite nicely into my next question for you, my friend, and that is defensively, the Patriots looked to have a pretty solid game plan put together. Um, I was a little surprised uh, to hear Justin Herbert uh, and his candor after the game saying that they didn't expect a whole lot of man coverage didn't expect a whole lot of cover two, um, right. you know, which uh, it really surprised me because I mean cover two is not something that is foreign to what the patriots do i mean anybody that has covered the patriots or sees how they they play uh even brandon staley said this afterwards is that they play that light zone coverage especially with the absence of stefan gilmore and folks for the benefit of those of you that may not know what cover t- you know to uh zone defense is oh, i know a lot of you do but there are some that don't and not everybody right. knows it that's essentially where the defender is responsible for an area of the field that really is not Man-specific, uh, you know, the field is going to divide it into zones. Uh, usually, it's uh, the underneath zones and the deep zones. Corners and the linebackers are going to play the underneath, and then the two safeties are going to play the deep hats. So that's kind of what a, a cover, a base cover two is, and the Patriots utilize that a lot. The Pats were able to confuse Justin Herbert yesterday, and I actually thought that they would move away from trying to do that. I thought that Herbert had shown tremendous growth and that nothing they were going to show him was going to throw him off to the point where he would look lost. But he did look that way uh, at times yesterday. Is this a predication of being able to just flood the field with defensive backs, take away his passing lanes, or is this offensive front, a defense, excuse me, is this defensive front that impressive? be able to take away some of what Justin Herbert does well
0: you know not to toot my own horn but it was in my keys over the week that's the second time I've done it I'm really sorry people, Why I asked it. but to confuse and confuddle and confound this young man he still has difficulties He is still a young quarterback get the best um athletes on the field and then let them break off and play some zone it was there, there was some man on the outside it didn't surprise me it shouldn't have surprised them but it, especially with the way um the patriots handled the the you know this game specifically last season um they should have been prepared for it they weren't and it worked out in the patriots um uh favor a lot of this credit, though, has to go to the defensive line. The defensive line was just off the hook yesterday. Um, they were in his face uh, constantly, especially, um, uh, you know, they, they had a, a a breakdown or two. Dietrich Wise was, was not very wise on a couple of running plays, the two longest plays of the day. But other than that, and Christian Barrymore was just lights out. He was in uh, Ebert's face all afternoon, um making him make decisions quicker quicker than he he had before the front 7 had a really great day and that aided in what uh Bill wanted to do on the back end
1: yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad that you mentioned Barmore because, I mean, there is just so much that we've said about him here on these airwaves. And every week you think that, all right, maybe this is the week that it's finally going to level out a little bit. Right, we're and not it's not. Going to, and it's not. He continues. He led all defensive linemen for the second straight week with uh, 38 snaps. He is the, the by far taking more snaps than any other defensive lineman. And it's something that really is amazing and really heartwarming to see when you take a look at the New England Patriots and how they employ uh, you know, these guys. Uh, he's just his ability to push the pocket, I think, really sets him apart. He was a constant right. uh, force in that uh, offensive backfield of the Los Angeles Chargers yesterday, getting constant pressure on Justin Herbert. And when he wasn't the one applying the pressure, it was Matthew Judon. And uh, what That's can you it. say about him? His stat it, line from yesterday, Murph, is pretty impressive. Two it really is. Eight hurries, and oh. quarterback
0: pressures and what he's able to do up front and um working in tandem with Matthew Judon is has been just amazing uh what he was you know it, it's he is taking up so much um in the way of the the opponent's personnel, it's really freeing Judon up. He he came in for a stunt off the right side of the line uh, yesterday afternoon that I'm still uh, backing up and watching again and backing up and watching again because it's beautiful. It's just fantastic.
1: It really is. And, you know, there's, there's a lot to love there in terms of what this defense can do. And again, there were certain breakdowns. There was, One, uh, you know, egregious breakdown toward the end of the game. You know, Jalen Mills, another uh, difficult coverage, uh, you know, getting beat on the long Mm -hmm. touchdown. And that's something that is a concern and we will probably hit on outside uh, corner just a little bit uh, to close out the show today when we get Murph's thoughts on trade deadline. But these are things that, you know, they're going to continue to struggle with a little bit. But when you look at the prowess of that front seven, and what they're able to do, and of course, tooting my own horn a little bit, and <laughs> Adrian Phillips coming up Go big against it. this former team. Uh, but you know, bottom line, I mean, you I know, left Phillips, it there for
0: you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Phillips was definitely
1: in the right place at the right time, I and mean, there's no question about it. I know a lot of people tweeted at me yesterday about that, and uh, you know, my taking a little bow on Adrian Phillips' uh, prowess in this game and saying, well, he was right there where he needed to be, but that was not by happenstance that's by design he's in position to make that play because he has the skill set to be able to cover the guys out of the backfield like an austin eckler or a tight end like a jared cook which he was you know in coverage on that was a miscommunication between herbert and between cook and Phillips right. read that perfectly. He read the miscommunication and knew where he needed to be to make that play, not just to make the play, but also to be able to run it back and get the pick six. And he had two big interceptions yesterday as well. Uh, so Adrian continues to settle into that star safety the role. The Phillips
0: returns.
1: Absolutely. And, and and he even liked sticking it to his former team. You know, he admitted yep. such uh, after the game last night. And that was something that I think was big, uh, you know, for him as well. Uh, and and he really seemed to uh, to enjoy that. So good for uh, for Adrian. I was happy to see him do well, and uh, you know, bottom line, a twenty-seven to twenty-four victory, Murph, is something that all Patriots fans are feeling pretty good about. But what does it mean for this team going forward? Does it mean that the Patriots have righted the ship and now are ready to make a run? Well, the play calling that's going on in New England might have something to say about that, and Murph and I will discuss that in just a moment. Also, now that the Patriots are four and four as we sit here today. Will they be active in the trade market? Bill Belichick had some interesting things to say about that when he spoke to the media on Monday morning, and we'll get Murph's thoughts on the trade deadline as well as the play calling when this hashtag LockedOnMurph Monday episode of the Lockdown Patriots podcast continues. On listeners, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another device that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with TV Stream. You can learn more at DirectTV.com. That's D-I-R-E-C-T-V.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Locked on, listeners, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit, just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Locked On listeners, Built Bar, the most delicious, healthy protein bar you've ever tried, has so many delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, and I have folks, believe me when I tell you, there are a lot of you out there, they are passionate about their favorites. If you don't know about the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. But the best part of Built Bar is not even just the delicious flavors they provide. It's the fact that in addition to them being delicious, they're also one of the most healthy treats available today. Each Built Bar has between 17 and 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories per bar, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, and all healthy. Flavors like coconut, cherry barcia, love that name, mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, and so much more. When you want a treat that's not only pleasing to your palate, but also great for your health, don't delay, do it today. Make Built Bar your go-to protein bar right now. Visit built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Pats fans, your New England Patriots continue to savor the victory in Los Angeles, a 27-24 victory over the Bolts in Week 8 of the 2021 NFL season. Pats coming back to 500 for the first time since Week 2. And, of course, breaking it all down for us is the great green man himself, my good friend Thomas Murphy. And, Murph. It's hashtag Locked On Murph Monday. We make Mondays fun here on Locked On Patriots. And there's a lot of fun going on in New England right now with the way this team is played. But if we're being honest, there is still some concern, at least on my part. And maybe you can help pour cold water on this and tell me that I'm, you know, kind of, uh, you know, maybe worrying or much ado about nothing. But there is still some concern of mine when it comes to red zone play calling. And. there were a couple of times in the second quarter where I think it nearly cost them uh, some significant points. And if this game shook out any differently, we might be saying that some of these play calling, you know, questionable play calls might've cost them the game itself. Um, the Patriots scrimmage from inside Los Angeles, six yard line on eight plays Josh called five passes, despite facing a chargers run defense, which we talked about in the, uh, in the previous segment, as being still pretty porous. Um, We talked about the goal line fade to Jacoby Myers. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to relive that. Um, But, you know, there was still some run that I'm sorry, the third and one run to Brandon Bolden. I love Brandon, but I don't think that was the best use of his availability there. Derwin James, right in the middle of that, was able to stuff it without much resistance. And, you know, there were some other, you know, handoffs where maybe you could have gone a little bit more aggressive. Murphy, is this much ado about nothing? Am I being overly concerned or nitpicky here, or do the Patriots really have some questions as to why they're making some of these play calls when they are?
0: Um, yeah, there, there, there really needs to be some questioning here. It's it's almost like I, I've accused um, McDaniel's over the years of trying to get too cute, and. Um, you know, trying to to be Bill as zigging when when you when everybody thinks you should zag. Sometimes you should zag, and yesterday was was a perfect example of that. Especially down there at the goal line, when when you you're literally looking at a piece of Swiss cheese in front of you. Uh, the Patriots could have just waltzed in at any point in time during that. Um, in the in the red zone right there and and put 6 up on the board and i i just i'm left scratching uh different body parts that i should not be scratching uh when you have a team that is is searching and um trying to put points on a board on a consistent basis, trying to find an identity and that identity is there. We saw it yesterday. We saw what you can, what this team can do behind an experienced uh, offensive line. We saw what they could do with, with this group of running backs. Um, it, they did not get enough touches. We did not see enough of Ramondre Stevenson. He looked fantastic. And, um, and yes, Handing the ball off to Brandon Bolden, who is one of my favorite human beings on the planet in that situation was, was stupid. It, it, it was, it was stupid. That, that's not his game right now. Yes. He's still out there moving the chains when the opportunity, but it, that, that wasn't the opportunity. It wasn't the opportune time to use him there. There were better weapons to use.
1: Yeah, agreed. And uh, you know, I, Again, I keep coming back to some of the issues that I'm having with handoffs when it's really not within their uh, their ability to do so. But also, yesterday, it wasn't necessarily the fact that they just weren't running the ball effectively. They were running the ball very effectively. I right. think they could have utilized the run <clears throat> on certain calls. So I think there is definitely some questioning. Uh, Josh is scheduled to meet with the media on Tuesday. Uh, that'll be an interesting conversation, you can bet uh, that topic will definitely come up as it has several times in the past, but uh, you know, there were, and I think the Patriots ability to make plays in the latter part of that game yesterday uh, really helped, uh, you know, some of that because save for, uh, you know, them coming out with the victory, I think that would have been a much bigger story than it is right now in New England. And We'll continue to uh, to you know ask those questions and hopefully yep. uh, you know we'll get some uh, some concrete answers and who knows maybe you know this uh, game coming up against uh, the Carolina Panthers yeah. will give them an opportunity to flex that a little bit knowing especially that someone is savvy uh, you know in uh, the Patriots defensive ways as Stefan Gilmore is going to be lining up on the opposite side of the field uh, Patriots are going to have to be able to uh, uh, to play through that and um, you know that's a conversation for later in the week my friend but uh, thank that's you. Fair providing that primer that I think we all needed to hear in New England. Um, Last but certainly not least, Bud, before we take our leave from this uh, era of good feelings Monday here on Locked On Patriots and the victory Monday over the Chargers, um, the Patriots moving to four and four on the season puts them in an interesting spot. Prior to them reaching 500, a lot of people were making the suggestion that Patriots may look to the season and maybe be sellers at the trade deadline uh, coming up on uh, Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. But now that they've won and they seem to be right now, maybe pushing themselves back into contention. It's interesting uh, that this new England Patriots uh, uh, team could end up being buyers now at the, uh, uh, the trade deadline. And we asked Bill Belichick about that uh, on Monday morning when he spoke with the media and Belichick was very much, uh, uh, you know, evasive as usual but also lent his you know thought process to the fact that this team will always do its due diligence in order to make an upgrade whenever it needs to be made and uh, what's interesting right now is that the NFL FPI rankings came out on Monday very very early on Monday afternoon uh, just after noon time indicating that the Patriots right now going forward have the 10th best differential in the, uh, in the league, meaning that moving forward, they have the chance to really make a significant run here in the second half of the season. Murph, when you look at the trade deadline right now, in terms of what the Patriots need most, do you see them as being active at this point? And if so, what positions would you target if you were the Patriots GM?
0: Well, I, I do believe that they should be buyers right now, especially with the way things are shaking out in the AFC. Um, they they a lot of the talking heads are going to talk about the gift that they've gotten. This is football people. This is what happens in this game. And um they I do believe that that they they should be buyers the the, the problem is is what's on the sale rack. Um mm-hmm. you, you know this this always comes down to uh, a value move for Bill um is the guy going to come in here and be able to pick up this scheme in the way that that it it, so many have struggled there are guys that have been here for uh two three seasons that we are still talking about you know are looking around with their a player's iq comes into 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 this in a huge way i'm not sure that there's anybody out there right now at the cornerback position which is the position of need here that is going to be able to come in here, pick up what, what Bill wants him to be able to do on any given play, especially running the type of defense that they are right now that we've seen over the past couple of weeks that we saw just yesterday. It, it's it's something that, that you really need to know backwards, frontwards, and to both sides um, to be effective here. Uh, Bill is not going to go out there and make a trade for somebody right now that he's going to be able to use the way he does in um, in certain situations and just putting somebody in to excel at this point or that point. Uh, he may go after a linebacker. Uh, He may go after another safety, but cornerback is is the position of need. I just don't think that there's anybody out there that fits the bill right now. I would look for the Patriots to probably do nothing at the deadline. Yeah, and I think yeah, and I think in a
1: lot of ways I tend to agree with you. I know a lot of uh, will be written between today and tomorrow when it comes to the trade deadline and players that the Patriots might target. Uh, You're seeing names like uh, Kyle Fuller from uh, Denver. I think is a name that a lot of people are talking about. Uh, Tanya and I talked about this a little bit on Friday's show when she joined me here, and it's just it's a matter of also having the financial wherewithal to be able to make those moves as well. And according to our good friend uh, the Pats. The Patriots have just north of two point six million dollars in available cap space that they're going to be able to utilize. So, other moves would have to be made in order to fit in some of these blockbusters. <clears throat> Fuller comes with a pretty hefty price yeah. tag.
0: I don't think Fuller, that's an
1: option for the Pats.
0: Hayden um, uh, yeah. Vernon Hargraves from the from uh, from Texas. These are all guys that you know. Cameron Dantzler out there in in um, in uh, in. Minnesota. I'm sorry. I hate, I hate blanking on things. And Minnesota is somebody else that is being talked about who, who might be moved. I just don't know if these are guys that are going to be able to come in here for the price and and be able to contribute. We'll see.
1: Yeah, and uh, it, it really is. It's true in terms of what's available and in terms of what the Patriots can do. It's all well and good to say you want to go out and make that big-time upgrade, and I know the fan base is looking for the wide receiver, maybe even the running back, uh, more than likely a wide receiver. That's the com- most common question that I get is yeah, the Patriots I'm... need a big-time wideout. Uh, folks, if it's mm-hmm. going to happen, it's going to happen in the offseason. I don't see it happening right. in the middle of the season like nope. this at the trading deadline, given Forget what it. the resources they have, and also Giving what's available and what teams mm-hmm. are going to be able to go out there and trade for, even someone like a Brandon Cooks, who I'd love to see back here, you oh, have to talk God, about yeah. assets that you would need to give up and what it's going to take to fit it in financially. Can it be done? Absolutely. Is there a change? sure? Is it likely? In my opinion, probably not. So we'll see what uh, yeah. what happens. But uh, it's always good to uh, to get your opinion on this because uh, you remember. are. Uh,
0: yep. Yeah. Always remember, folks. It costs more money to do things here in new england it costs more capital to do things here in new england when you see a trade made and you're asking well why did the patriots go out and do this because uh, quite frankly it it would have cost more people aren't going are doing the same deals here that they do for somebody else you want if you if you call a team up and ask them for help it's and you're the new england patriots you're pay you're paying you know two dollars for every buck that somebody else spends that's just the way it is it's it's terrible but that's the deal
1: yeah absolutely it truly is the deal and you know we'll see between now and 4 p.m on Tuesday folks anything and everything can happen with the New England Patriots Uh, players spring forward and all of a sudden you start hearing rumors about these guys so uh, keep a keep a sharp eye, as I like to say, my friend. And uh, we'll uh, we'll see. But thank you for your two cents on the matter, because I think uh, trade deadlines sometimes spark some. Uh, um, it- over enthusiasm, but sometimes it's the little moves that uh, can be made under the radar that can mean all the difference. So uh, we'll take a look back and we'll uh, uh, we'll be able to, uh, to keep bringing you all the latest here on On Patriots. But that being said, my friend, thank you so much for joining us here today on On Patriots. As always, you bring the wisdom and counsel the way only you can bring it. You are true familia, the head of the family here, and that's why we call you Don Murph. That's more of a That's not a symbolic title, folks. That really is. He is the head of the Locked On Patriots for a reason. And you should already be following this man. But for any of our new listeners that aren't following Murph, please do so at TMurph207 on Twitter, the Bird app. The content that this man puts out on E2G Sports each and every week is point-click-learn-enrichment material. He's simply one of the best at what he does. Those monster keys each and every week, I always say it. You turn the keys you go to the top. You don't turn the keys you're never heard from again. And if these keys are consistently turned, you see the Patriots starting to move in the right direction. And I guarantee you they're turning those keys up at One Patriot's Place in Foxborough. And speaking of One Patriot's Place, don't ever miss an episode of that great podcast starring Murph, our good friend Steve Balistrieri, and the Countess of Class herself, Miss Classy Claire Cooper. But what can I say? Thank you so much. Always honored, always humbled by your presence.
0: But always my pleasure to be here. Uh, the seat is just the most comfortable on the planet. Looking up at this great Toto freaking poster that, that, that sits across <laughs> from me just makes me think of the greatness that, that I have to live up to every time you bring me in here. And and I, I, I know I don't, but thanks for listening. Thanks for having me back. And I will be here every Monday, folks, that you want to keep tuning in and listening
1: without question but every single time you want to come back we are thrilled and always honored to have you here thanks again for joining me here on this victory monday maybe we can make it three in a row next week oh. who knows well it would it would love to uh yeah i mean we're yeah i mean you know carolina is a team that is so unpredictable and right i'm not willing to count anybody out i know everyone's saying oh sam donald may not be playing in this game maybe they're right for the pickings Stefan Gilmore lines up on the other side of that defense on you, and to me it just it still sends shivers, shivers up and down my spine. So you know what? We'll continue uh, to bring you that here, but in the meantime, stay safe, stay well. We look forward to breaking down win or lose here on Locked On Patriots next week with our good buddy Murph. Thanks. That's why Mondays belong to Murph here on Locked On. <laughs>